Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Today, Joy and I are going to talk about redefining self-care. But before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? Well, I have had some incredible opportunities the past few weeks to just really get a lot of creative community around me, which of course, you know, we love. Um, so I was able to go to a couple of book signings for some local authors and got to hang out with them and just watch them take the stage. And it was so much fun to see them interacting with readers. Uh, we went to the Louisiana Book Festival and a certain someone met me there, which was very special. May, thank you so much for coming. It was so much fun. It, it was, was a joy. It was so good to like see you in your element and then to just get re like just to get refreshed, I guess, yeah. in the literary community, to see so many people who are excited about books and words and things it was so nice. I know. I know it was so neat to see so many different people from all over who came together just to literally to celebrate the written word. Um, mm -hmm. You had kids there who were eating up the children's authors and all of their fun story times and the crafts and the activities. And then you had like a whole teen section. And then, of course, you had all the adults. It was just it was great to see uh, so many generations of readers together in one place celebrating. So I feel like that, like you said, it was refreshing. I think it was a good um, refilling of the well, the creative well. Mm -hmm. So. Yay. Yeah, I completely agree. And I agree. I don't know if I said agree or not, but I, I meant agree. <laughs> agree. I really like that. Is that a word? I want that to be a word. Can it be a word? I, I think we can. It's a okay. funny word now. Yes, Let's do it. it. Okay. We are aggrieved that there is not an agreement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yay. <laughs> and there very well might be. We should probably look that up. But as for now, it's a QWERTY word. Um, I do kind of feel as if we uh, we were kind of witnessing a little bit of history as well because um, we're seeing how publications and, and actually just the publishing world and literary world is shifting in a way. So um, Joy is an indie author, right? And this is normally a very traditionally published um, world, the Louisiana Book Festival. And Joy was able to be on a panel. She had a book signing. She was a part of all of the nuts and bolts of the Louisiana Book Festival. And so she's kind of pioneering a way for indie authors to be more established in Louisiana, to be recognized as and, and respected as they should be. And this is just a beautiful, a beautiful thing to witness as an indie author as, as well. So and it was wow. exciting. I know it was <laughs> exciting too. Since then, like I've gone back and I've looked at all the authors and there are several who are indies who are on really? panels. Yes. So I was able to, you know, in my emails to some of the, the directors and, and such of mm -hmm. the festival, I was able to just point that out and thank them, you know, mm -hmm. thank them for pioneering, thank them for opening right. the door and being um, really incredible 
pioneering gatekeepers in the community, Mm -hmm. I feel like. So that was pretty exciting. (laughs) Yeah, that is so, so great. I love it. Can you recall if there has been an indie author that has been a part of panels or, you know, book signings or anything like that organized by the Louisiana Book Festival before? Or is this the first year? I'm not sure. So I I missed a few of the festivals. Mm -hmm. Um, 2020, of course, they didn't have it. And then 2021 and 2022, I had other obligations that particular weekend of the festival. And so I didn't get to make it. Um, Before that, I don't remember any, but that doesn't mean that there weren't any. But that Mm -hmm. is something that I'm curious about. And I would love to know, you know, when, because I remember looking on the website and this has not been that long ago. I know in 2019, when I was there as an exhibitor, I know that it was on there and basically they had a line, you know, self-publishers don't need to submit um, for For panels, right? For panels. Um, So I know that it was like that then. And I don't know when exactly they took that away, but I sure am thankful they did. Right. And just a huge thank you for Louisiana and the literary community in Louisiana to um, for recognizing that there is value and literary worth in indie publishing um, and indie authors. So thank you for that. Absolutely. <laughs> and so May, tell us about your creative week. Yes, absolutely. So I met with a friend, uh, a creative friend, which I don't get a lot of like time to do that kind of stuff. So it was very awesome to be able to sit down and we actually, we put on the calendar a lunch a month. So um, hopefully we'll continue, be able to continue and, um, and get together at least for an hour and just kind of revel in the, the, the friendship and also just not get too bogged down by everything else to remember that we are creatives and that also gives us life. So, um, so I I did that and we got to talking about like um, story and working uh, through an idea as far as like a re, uh, how to, how to represent story in a different way, um, like a nonfiction kind of a, a thing. And like, if we can, if we can re- resonate in, in a teaching pattern uh, for some things. So that was really exciting too, to kind of see not only to, to reacquaint ourselves with our creative selves, but in our, in our author selves, but you know, we're both teachers too. So, um, in our souls. So it's just a kind of, it was really, it was a really, really great day. So there's that. And of course I went to the Louisiana book festival, which is huge and just got to be immersed and surrounded with people who are like me and who are excited about the things that I'm excited about. And there is something so beautiful about just experiencing the energy around you, like being a part of all of that. It's kind of like going to a concert or like, um, what's something else, uh, like to church or something where you're just around people who are just loving the same things. You have a commonality, even though they're all strangers and you feel like you could just kind of start a conversation about that thing and then they would fall into it as well because they, you already know like you already have that in way <laughs> to to just share your excitement and they could share theirs it's a beautiful thing and I sometimes forget that so I'm glad I had a reason to go <laughs> oh I'm so glad that you came it made my day that's for sure <laughs> oh man it was so great and um and it was an early morning so I went ahead and drove down the night before and I had a hotel room and I um I had that time 
to, to myself as well and that doesn't happen very often and so I really and it was so funny because uh you wanted you wanted to go to like an after hours thing at this place in in uh, Baton Rouge and I'd gotten in and I'd gotten to the hotel and I was like I am so tired <laughs> <laughs> and I said I turned up all of my volume and everything and I was like when Joy messages me because you were like you're like I will let you know when we leave so that we can you can meet us there because it was just a hop skip and a jump from a hotel. And, um, so I was like, I'll turn on all of the, the sounds really, really loud on my phone. So when you message me, I will be woken up because I needed some sleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so I, um, I did that and I completely fell asleep. And then I woke up at 11 o'clock and I was like, I didn't hear anything. Oh. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, no. And uh, so I looked, and you had sent me a message at, like, 9.15, and you were like, I'm tired. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of happened. It was it was pretty funny. And the night before, I'd, like, gone to, gotten maybe two or three hours of sleep or something. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was just exhausted. And I, yeah. it did not hurt my feelings that you did not go to the after party so <laughs> and that also gave me perfect opportunity to get the rest that I needed in order to have a very enjoyable day and drive home so I got home I guess about 9 15 9 30 something like that and uh yeah it was just it's great it was wonderful <laughs> well and see you needed the rest and having that time alone in a hotel room is something that we're going to talk about today. That's a good right. example of this whole self-care thing that we're right. redefining. It's true. It's absolutely true because in, it's, it's funny that we're, this is the topic for today too, and all <laughs> of this stuff happened, but there was a moment where I was like, man, like I literally did nothing but get under those covers in the hotel room and like get up and leave again. And, uh, and I thought, wow, that was kind of like a waste of the hotel cost, right? And I should have just gotten up early and then just driven and all that kind of stuff. But then I was like, no, absolutely not. It was totally worth it because I needed that rest. I needed to be able to have the time in the morning and, you know, like in, in that space. If I would have gotten up at like four o'clock in the morning and after having just a couple of hours sleep the night, you know, a couple of nights before, um, and then driven down and, you know, gotten to where we needed to go, had a completely full day, had dinner and then drove back at night. It was dark. There's a very good chance that I could have hurt myself, um, or my vehicle or somebody else who was on the road. Um, and I, so I switched the way that I was looking at that and thinking about that. And, um, and I felt better. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, but yeah. That's what we're talking about. And so, like, Joy and I were thinking maybe this whole self-care thing, there's something to it that we're not understanding or really acknowledging. And so today, you guys are going to be joining us for a super candid chat about redefining self-care. And technically, this is an ongoing conversation between uh, Joy and I. And we began this a couple of months ago. And to give you a peek ahead at where our thoughts are leading us, so we're going to go way beyond the bubble baths and the candles and often that you know that's the kind of stuff that we often think about when we talk about the concept of self-care is like going to the nail place or I don't know things like that yeah yeah, yeah and I think especially for women 
So the first question that we considered was, is a spa day even self-care? Not everyone is able to go on a retreat or have a bathtub <laughs> where they can that they can use in candlelight. I don't but, have a good bathtub. That's yeah. very sad to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I'm just not a bath person necessarily. So, you know, it's just that's just not our jive. So even if you could though, our question first was do these actions equal self-care? if it doesn't have the result desired. Right. And so that led us to this other very, very important question, which is, what is the definition of self-care? Like, what is the purpose of self-care? And what can fall into those guidelines? So over the months, we have evaluated experiences and our expectations and our stereotypes of the topic and thought, now is probably the best time to catch you guys up on this conversation and all the things that we're thinking about. Yeah. So in true QWERTY fashion, <laughs> we made up a definition that we're going to use as a foundation for the rest of the chat. Also, just to note, our definition includes the purpose. And I feel like this was super key in our conversations as we were working all of this out. Right. So the definition that we have for self-care so that you guys can be on the same page as Joy and I is this. Self-care is how we care for ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. All the ways that can make us human beings, right? <laughs> so how we care for ourselves in those ways that enable us to pour into the people in our lives and into the responsibilities and opportunities that we've accepted without, and here's the key, without sacrificing personal peace and our own wholeness. Yeah. And we'll include that in the show notes. So um, you guys will have that in front of you. You can look at a little bit more. But once we had our definition of purpose written out, we wondered if they were stagnant or fluid. And after further discussion, we feel confident saying that the definition and purpose are stagnant in nature, but can be individualized um, and kind of be fluid in identification and implementation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, oh, oh, in case you guys are wondering, <laughs> like Joy and I did not really have a plan. We didn't plan this conversation out or show up to this, this whole thing with like our notepads and our pins and our glasses and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're, we're, the way we're presenting it to you in a very organized fashion that was very well thought out. But when we were just talking about this, it was very organic. And, uh, and we created the definition of self-care together whenever we were finding a disjointedness in the conversation. And we were trying to figure out where we both stood on things and what we considered self-care and that sort of thing. And we realized that we weren't able to have the best conversation possible without defining self-care so that's why we do these kind of things and so we were just chatting and sharing with each other as other uh, creative confidants do and streamlining of this is for you guys to know where we are and to join in in the conversation and that's the important thing yeah and here's a funny tale to add to that. <laughs> we had planned this episode and began fleshing it out before our incredible interview with Dan Blank. Be sure to check out that episode in case you missed it. That was our last episode. We'll link to that below. But here is the really cool thing. He actually mentioned self-care. <laughs> he talks about how even on his 
unusually busy day when we recorded our chat. Okay, so that particular day, his wife was ill. And so in addition to his work responsibilities and regular responsibilities around the house, he was kind of picking up some slack too and caring for her as well. So anyway, even though that was what was going on in his day, he prioritized his walk. That's one of the things that he specifically mentioned. He went on his regular walk and he felt great about it because he knows that if he's not active and cared for, he won't be able to care for his family or give his best at work. Um, and so he gave us really, I feel like, a fantastic setup for where we're going today. Mm. So on that note, we're going to walk you through some of our thoughts on this topic of redefining self-care. Yes. And uh, the first thing that I really think we need to note is uh, in this redefinition, we need to note that self-care is not a straight line. It's kind of wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly, tiny wimey for those of you <laughs> Doctor Who fans out there. <laughs> yeah. And so if you're anything like me, the idea of something that is already like laid out in a straight path with like your stops already prepared for you, um, all of those kind of things, that is the ideal. Um, I, I feel as if I could ever get to that place where there is a straight line and there are all of these stops and I know what to anticipate, et cetera, et cetera, that I will be, um, I will have made it. <laughs> I will be an adult. <laughs> I fear that it's elusive. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> So here I am for, for, um, you know, decades <laughs> into <laughs> this thing called life. And I am, have been striving for that particular thing, a nice straight line, a predictable path. And I have found over the last four decades that that is not, uh, that, that is not a table. <laughs> so, and the more that I try for it, as more the the longer that I make that the benchmark of success, that um, it, it's it's never going to be something that I can I can reach, right? So um, though I I strive for a straight line, I do recognize that the beauty comes with the winding path mm. and the view that's there and the um, the impromptu situations that arise and the beautiful people that I meet along the way. And uh, so I am personally redefining self-care in that I am trying to let go of that ideal that the straight line is the, the goal. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. And it's so hard to do, I think, definitely. Mm -hmm. So... You know, another thing too, as we were as we were having all of these conversations and everything, um, often it would come back to, okay, but we have to do this and this and this and this. We have to do all these things. We have all these responsibilities, right? But that led us in our conversation to say we weren't created to push ourselves to breaking points. And I think sometimes. Well, not just sometimes, and I don't just think, like, this is legit. We really do this. We we push ourselves to these breaking points. And I think that might be why self-care is such a, a big deal 
right now in our culture. And it's because we all do this. We push ourselves so hard and we need something. So a couple of the things that, that May and I really talked about, you know, both of us are Christians. And so when we think through these kinds of topics, we do so from our Christian worldview. Um, so first of all, we realized sin messed up the world around us and our bodies. It affected our minds, affected our bodies. And because of that, we have limitations on both minds and bodies now, um, really because of sin entering the world. The other thing that we realized was rest was actually in the garden before sin. Okay. Everyone was perfect. Yes. When everything was perfect, you know, God created the world and then he rested you know, he instituted this idea of rest, right? It's not an evil thing. It's not a cop-out. It's not a limitation, you know, any of those things. So for May and I, we really had to adjust our thinking about what we're able to do and why we have these limits, and then also recognize and embrace the fact that rest really is an okay thing. Right. Right. And um, to, to add to that, there was something uh, just to talk about like the stereotype or not even the stereotype, but like our culture's um, definition of, of good work. Let's, can we talk about that for a second? Um, I can't remember where I heard this, um, but I don't think that I came up with it by myself, but it did affect me in a way that felt very personal. Um, when we spend, stay up, uh, when we stay up till three o'clock in the morning, watching a movie or going to a concert or reading a book or something like that, that's disparaged, right? Like, it's like, well, that's your fault, right? Like, that's why you're tired. It's your fault. You should have managed your time better, right? Um, but if we stay up till three o'clock in the morning working on a project, a work project, or finishing up something, checking emails, doing things that are connected to the hustle, then uh, that is considered good work. That's, yeah, I'm, yeah, you're tired, but look at all the things that you did. You know, that is wrong. Like that's something that we've got to, or I know I've got to work on because that's generally the times that I'm spending um I'm congratulating myself self for getting through with things by working extra, by sacrificing rest, by sacrificing self-peace, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's a cultural thing that we're going to have to to shift out of in order to figure out what self-care is to you, you know, what self-care is to me, um, and, you know, what the what the ideal life could look like and what the ideal life could be. So, and also just to reflect back on this, on the straight line thing, I think I got a little off, off topic there. Straight, the straight line was not necessarily about adulting. It was meant to be like self-care is not a straight line. Like if you, um, like all of the things that, that we identify as self-care things as a society does not necessarily mean that that's going to be the right thing for me to do in order to find this wholeness and, and peace within within myself so um if bath is self-care to you and that and you find wholeness and peace in that then yes straight line 
go. Um, if that's not an option or um, self-care can just look so differently and and uh, and be in so many different directions, it might not be just a path. Yeah, and it and it definitely flows right into the adulting thing, though. It's all interconnected. You know, I right. think what you said was 100% spot on. You know, I think also it's, and I know some people don't like the whole terminology of seasons, which <laughs> I like that. It, it makes sense to me, but whatever. Um, there are different times of your life where this self-care is going to look different, you know. And so in that way as well, it's not necessarily a straight line. Like it's not always going to be the same thing. It's not always going mm. to look the same. So yeah, I think there are multiple ways that we can take that and run yeah. with it for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you might have a different perspective on, you know, self-care not being a straight line. We'd love to hear that too. Yeah. And and that's really, mm -hmm. you know, this whole concept of redefining self-care we're sharing with you like how we personally are redefining this, but this is going to look different for you. This is just a starting point for a larger conversation and for you to be thinking through things. So keep that in mind as we're, as we're going through right. our, our thoughts on the process. Right. And if you were wondering how this is relating to creativity and our creative lives, mm -hmm. I can personally vouch that being in a place where I have, um, not considered myself well cared for by myself. It is definitely something that brings on emotions that are negative, like shame and guilt and things like that, that def that directly affect my creative output yeah. and, um, in my creative journey. So yeah. if you're wondering how that goes, like this is kind of a, it's a wellness kind of a thing, but it's also mm -hmm. a creative wellness a mental wellness um, as well. Yeah, definitely. So, Okay, so I got us a little off topic and I'm very sorry about that, but let's go back to rest, okay? Yeah. So Joy and I were wondering, like, what is the proper place for rest in our fast-paced culture and in our culture of production and desire to leave pieces of ourselves behind when we are gone? And that's mm -hmm. that whole, like, legacy thing. So let's talk about, like, what the fast-paced culture is. Mm -hmm. One of those things is the fast-paced mind. And so I suffer from this. Yeah. <laughs> everything feels important all at once. And so there's generally about 80 things that are happening in my mind all at once. And I don't know necessarily which one is the most important one to work on first. So I just kind of grab one and go, yeah. <laughs> which is probably not the best way to handle that, but you know, we're working on things. I know. <laughs> well, and it's, it is so hard, you know, to mm -hmm. when you have so many things going on, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry, preach. <laughs> no, you're so fine. I'm feeling you're that so, so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and we have so many areas are, are that are in our lives that we want to we want to touch and hold and love on and and affect. Yeah. We want to affect things, isn't that yeah. right? Like I yeah. I feel that uh, today. I want to affect things in a positive way, and I want to do good things. But um, but like there's there's just there's so little time. We have 24 hours and eight of those we need to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so I think that that also contributes to my fast paced mind too, because there are all of these things that are happening in one area. And then when I run out of time in that area and I must move to another area, then there's all of these things in like the home area and in the work area and the creative area and the wife area and the parenting area. 
Like, mm-hmm. and you know, there's just all these things that I want. My, I feel like a soul cry to to do and do well, yeah. and uh, that contributes. So, yeah. the next thing is like the fulfilling uh, physical needs, things like sleep and doctor's visits and diagnoses and uh, nutrition. Drinking water. I've been trying to. I don't know if, if you're watching on YouTube. I've got my big water. Cheers. <laughs> yes, we will take a sip moment. Yes, yes. Very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hope you did too. And, um, <laughs> but like, um, even like bathroom breaks and yeah. things like that. Like, whenever I'm in this, in, when whenever I'm really, really connected to the fast paced culture, I forget mm-hmm. to do these things. And it's, like, detrimental, guys. Like, it's bad. Um, vitamins and supplements and medicines. And the older that I get, the the more that I feel physical effects of this. So when right. I was younger, uh, it was, like, mental, um, a, a mental thing where I would just will myself to stay up for 48 hours and do all the things, right? Especially when we're in college, we talk about all-nighters <laughs> and things like that. And they're kind of romanticized and <laughs> things like that. But I am noticing now my body will not let me pull an all-nighter. It cannot pull an all-nighter. In fact, it shuts down. <laughs> and um, and then there are physical ailments that come along with neglecting things like your vitamins and bathroom breaks and water and doctor's visits and things. Um, so, and and I, I speak from, from personal um, from personal experience in this. And so now there are things that I can't turn back because I did not take care of my physical body. Um, I only listened to and, and, and let the, the, the fast paced culture that we have around us, like control my, my thoughts and my values and my, um, priorities. So there's that. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it's hard to to remember those things. But now that we are a little older and wiser, mm-hmm. we can take what we understand now. We can hopefully share that with some younger folks that may listen to us. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> and then we know now, like, okay, these are the things that are important. And we know why, too. Because it does yes. affect our creativity. It affects our uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. It affects absolutely everything. So, you know, just having a different mindset on this um, is huge. Right. A thousand percent agree. And I was trying to fit everything all into a routine. And so I wrote down all of the things that I needed to do in a day and um, was trying to find a way that I could structure and, and make my my days a straight line, you know, because that was the goal of to be a good adult and, uh, and do this. And so when I put everything in and I did the time allotments and everything like that, and I was being fairly conservative with the time allotments too, like, you know, it probably will take me a little longer than doing some of the, <laughs> to do some of those things, but you know, it didn't fit well. And so between all of the aspects that we talked about that we want to affect, 
in our lives, um, putting that onto a calendar. It, I was going to have to get up at like 3.45 in the morning and I was not going to be able to go to bed until like 10.30, which meant that I was not going to get the eight hours of allotment that I needed for sleep in order to be a functioning person. So that's kind of one of the things that made me ask Joy some questions about self-care and like how she prioritizes and things like that. And it's kind of alerted me to some of the things like the culture issue that we have. And what what happens, I don't know, like what happens, this might be for you guys who are listening, when we find ourselves in these positions as, you know, I'm a 40-year-old woman and I have responsibilities and um, and commitments that I cannot shirk. And um, like, how do we, how do we fix this? <laughs> and this is an ongoing conversation. You know, this is, exactly. this is us, y'all are, this is extremely candid. You mm-hmm. know, this is us thinking through things and trying to work through things individually and as a, you know, a partnership, a creative partnership, you know, just talking through these things together. And now right. with you guys as well as part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess to shorten that all, it's like, so what's a girl to do? Yeah. <laughs> so what we realized though as Joy and I were talking um of rest and and all of these things is that there is no template that everybody can use as a go-to uh, and that this will likely be different for everyone and uh and even different for the same person in different places and times in their lives and so yeah that, that's that's not super helpful but I guess acknowledging these things is the first step to getting to a helpful place. (laughs) Definitely. Like just saying it, speaking it, talking it Mm -hmm. through, I feel like is huge, you know, Mm -hmm. and in our conversations, we talked about layers, you know, this is something that, you know, when I've had, well, an example of this that doesn't really fit with the self-care thing, but just so you can kind of see where we're going is whenever I start school each year with the kids. Okay. So I homeschool my kids. So when we start our school year, typically there's a subject or two that I hold off for a week or two to add it in. Okay. So then we add those in, in layers. We, we get our, our school year started back in layers. And for me personally, this is helpful when I'm adding new things to my schedule or, you know, whatever the case may be, is just to think of it in terms of layers. Um, are so many things that we do in our lives, it's like a decision, one decision on top of another. The problem comes in when there's some interceptor. <laughs> like we've got all these things like stacked up, right? And then there's some interceptor. It could be an illness. It could be a, you know, going out of town. It could be some big event. It could be some huge deadline. It could be whatever. And it causes all those things to topple, <laughs> right? And then the thing is when we come back to it, we still have to do these things. We have to put them back up in our tower. Um, And sometimes picking them up one thing at a time is helpful. Sometimes it's not possible, right? So we have kind of this back and forth of, can we do it this way? Is this really helpful? What do we do when that interceptor comes? You know, the little crazed toddler who knocks the tower over, (laughs) you know, what do we do? And we don't necessarily have a solution for this. This is just, like we said, this is us talking through, like, 
how does this look in our lives? What happens to throw us off course? What, you know, Mm -hmm. what are the things? What are the things? And how can we um, approach them? What can we do about them? Right, right. Mm. And here comes a little more candid. Yeah. (laughs) This understanding, it can feel overwhelming and just plain hard. Mm-hmm. And it can stop us exactly where we are. We can freeze. Um, we can petrify. You know, yeah. um, and just to, just that whole knowledge that things can be changed and changed quickly as we are trying to add one good thing on top of another good thing on top of another good thing, mm-hmm. and then just realizing that interceptor can come and and remove all that, and you have to build it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a little bit of encouragement for you in that area. In that. What I have found in other areas of my life, especially in like creativity and, you know, like getting back to a, a good place in writing and that sort of thing, that um, the practice of just continuing to add one good thing on top of another good thing on top of another good thing gets blasted. Start over. Add one good thing on top of another good thing on top of another good thing. What I can uh, tell you is that the more that you have to, to start over, the faster it gets. It's like a muscle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. It still takes time. And it will, it will still be hard. And it will still be overwhelming. But maybe that's a little encouragement to you as well. As the more that we have to fix it, the faster we get at it sometimes. <laughs> so, and while we readily admit that we have no answers here, and these are answers that we are individually wrestling, wrestling with and working through, we do hold fast, Joy and I, to, um, to some truths that we as Christians believe firmly. Mm-hmm. And we have been given promises that we can spiritually rest in as we struggle with these issues of practice, like practical rest and self-care. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ has promised us rest in him. And he's also promised that this life, this race of a life, (laughs) that it isn't all there is. And that's a big, big deal, Um, especially when we don't have the answers and we're feeling this insecurity and overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That just gives us a boost as we work toward more practical answers. Yeah. So we also think that we can redefine success in these areas. And one of the biggest things that, as we discussed, one of the biggest takeaways that we want to share with you guys is that when we do let something slip, when, you know, the things topple (laughs) and we don't get them back up the way they're supposed to be, we need to accept grace in that (gasps) and move on. That's so hard. I know, right? (laughs) And honestly, and I think we're going to mention this in a minute, but like learning to accept grace, that really is, in our estimation, an example of self-care. Like grace for ourselves. That is an aspect of self-care that we need to embrace. Per our definition. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) absolutely absolutely um and what we have really taken away personally from our discussions about redefining self-care is that uh, there are things that we can do in all aspects of our lives in our workplace self-care in our family self-care our physical self-care relationship self-care creative self-care 
Like there's things that we can do in all of those places. Mm-hmm. Also, um, we know that rest is right because God declared it so. So give us some examples <laughs> of self-care under our redefinition. <laughs> Okay, and so like we mentioned earlier, and like May mentioned earlier, you know, for you, a bubble bath really might be self-care, okay? Mm-hmm. For us, that wasn't the thing. So we wanted to come up with some things that are self-care for us. You know, one mm-hmm. of those things is actually saying no, okay? And this could be, I know it's so hard, but <laughs> this could be at work, this could be at church, in your social settings, do the PTA, you know, whatever the thing is, like saying no to certain things that can be a form of self-care, as can saying yes to certain things. And in these cases, this might be more of that relationship self-care. So saying yes to quality time with family, Um, you know, even time spent snuggling with a pet, you know, whatever those things are. So the saying no, saying yes, um, those can both be examples. Yeah. And if you're working in a, in a position where saying no is really not an option, because sometimes there, there are some situations like that, then you might have to say yes. But you also might have to readjust to the things in the responsibility packet to say, I, I suggested this because I had to, but I also, that means that I have to discontinue this over here. Or I have to readjust this over here, or this over here needs to be delegated to somebody else because this has been a requirement placed upon me. And yeah. I think that part of that self-care too is knowing when to speak up about those kind of things. Right. And um, when you have to say yes. Also, mm-hmm. you know, think creatively on how that can be fit into the time limit that you have and that you have promised that corporation or you know, wherever you're working um, and whenever you took the job. So, yeah. Um, and- Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just going to say that's where you know those relationships are very helpful. The mm. people that you have in your life who are your confidants, you know, um, sometimes this is your your spouse, um, best friend, you know, a coworker you really genuinely trust. You know, those kinds of things. Those are the people that you can go to as sounding boards to talk through these things to to figure out. You know, okay. What can I actually say no to? What 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 are my options here? You know, mm-hmm. how can I redefine this? You know, or is there an option to do that? So mm-hmm. definitely cling to those and and use those people in this way to help you figure these things out. Right. But I don't think it's irresponsible or I, I don't think that you should feel pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. into one particular thing that there is some creative thinking that can be done and there is some compromise that can be done and sometimes if you just ask that's yeah. all that needs to be done and then of course weigh your situation carefully um and know the personality of the of the corporation and your supervisors and that sort of thing too mm-hmm. but um that they're you know in a good healthy situation there's going to be compromise and wiggle room available. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, some other examples. So often we think about these big, huge things like weekend getaways and, you know, mm-hmm. big spa things or whatever. But what about a five-minute meditation moment? Just five minutes. You can even do this at your desk at work. Five minutes to just sit there, close your eyes, and just rest for a few moments or, you know, put on some soothing music or something like that. You know, we all are allowed 
a five minute break here and there. You're supposed to be. If not, then you got a problem at your job. <laughs> that needs to be addressed on a on a um, you know a whole other level. Um, it could also be something like buying a foot massager and using it each evening. So when you get home, if you're on your feet all day, man, that would be super helpful. Just sit there for a few minutes and have that do its its magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing, and this is something for me. I this past week, I actually bought some new tools that will help alleviate some of my pain when I work. Um, so I have a new chair. You, it's not the one in the picture if you're watching on YouTube. I haven't set it up yet, but I've got a new desk chair and I've gotten like some keyboard pads and stuff to kind of help with my wrists and things like that. Um, so, you know, maybe you just need to save up and get some of these tools to help. Um, even writing things on the calendar, and I chuckle about this because we had a conversation not long ago with some other people, how with your spouse, you actually have to write it on the calendar. Like we're going to have a date night (laughs) or we're going to do this or we're going to whatever. Um, so actually writing time on the calendar for date nights or binge nights or just alone time with that significant other or writing time or whatever. Um, and on the note of writing time, maybe you can actually wake up an hour early to get two full hours of writing done, for example, or sticking to a hard end time for work, you know, so that you can grab 30 minutes to fill your creative well, you know, or whatever the case may be. So these are all, and this is not exhaustive by any means, but these are just a few examples of things that maybe we haven't thought of as self-care before. So Mm -hmm. just ways for, to get you to be thinking in a different way. Right. And if we even go a little bit further, just that whole idea of thinking in a different way Mm -hmm. can be self-care too. allowing yourself to grasp hold of a different definition of a redefinition and finding these little things that are going to feel make you feel just a smidge refreshed a little bit at a time. Maybe you don't have. A whole bunch of time but there's just this little nuggets that you can do even if it's 30 seconds yeah. to get you um just to get you into a better mental place and that's what this is all about like we're, we're trying to get us to a place where we feel peace and we feel wholeness so that we can be the best that we can be in this little life that we have yeah so, absolutely mm-hmm. i love the way you said that and we may not have like specific answers for ourselves or for you on how, on how all of this should come together on a daily basis, but we are actively pursuing a redefinition on what self-care is and looks like for us individually. And we really challenge you to do the same and share it with us. We'll share our things with you and hopefully together we can build a really, really great thing. Definitely. And one more note before we go to this episode's challenge. In this redefining of self-care, we may realize a number of ways in which we're caring for ourselves already. Mm-hmm. And if we're not, like we said earlier, grace is also a form of self-care. So giving ourselves grace when we realize we may have been too hard on ourselves or have been going about particular things out of duty or that sense of must rather than mm-hmm. love or care. Um, so yeah, just remember that grace is a form of self-care. Yes, absolutely. So are we ready for a QWERTY challenge? Yes, we are. Give it to us. Let's do it. Let's (laughs) do it. So we would like you to identify what you think self-care actions can be using the QWERTY definition. And we'd like you to organize them in the amount of time that they can take to complete. So 
Do you have 30 seconds or a free five minutes? Look at the five minute column and pick an action that sparks interest. And you're like, oh, that's going to make me feel so good. (laughs) (laughs) And then you will have treated yourself in two different ways. First of all, the preparation and second of all, the implementation. So that's one option for your 40 challenge. Here's option two. Make a list of everything that you would like to do in a week and identify the items that are for every day. Uh, what items are on specific days and then if some are things that can be done once a month or once a week you know so on and so forth then create a possible schedule for the week Um, this schedule um, should allow for like the right amount of time for sleep and a little bit of rest too so like joy was talking about scheduling those things in putting it on the calendar Um, if it doesn't What are the pain points of that schedule? Like, how can you use this information in this episode to help you take care of yourself and, in turn, take care of your loved ones? Yeah, those are great. I hope you guys do this. Let us know what you do. We want to hear about it. Yes. And we hope you have a fantastic week. (laughs) And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.com.